You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Good morning, everyone. Happy Christmas Eve. Today is December 24th. Lots going on as usual. Today, we will have a kitchen table talk at one o'clock if you're interested. Uh, I usually send the link out. The people who have the link have the link. I'll post the link. <laughs> Globe and Mail want to raise your taxes. So they're advocating for an increase in the GST. Merry Christmas, everybody. No Christmas in Bethlehem this year because uh, wars and things like that are keeping pilgrims and tourists away, which makes sense. But that's interesting for the first time in living memory, says Majid. The um, tourists, etc., in Bethlehem are are not active, and nobody is celebrating Christmas there this time of year. And so that's interesting. We'll talk about that. Operation Prosperity Guardian falls apart. France, Spain, and Italy pull all of their ships out because they didn't want their ships under Biden's control. So that's interesting. Population explosion in Canada and um, 4.4% drop in per capita GDP. So that's not good. That's bad. And Palestinian protests are targeting Christmas. And we're going to talk about all of that, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a very, it's actually a very Christmassy episode for December uh, 24th. So that's interesting. There's lots to get to. Let's get to it first. We have to start at Christmas. And here's Bethlehem. No Christmas in Bethlehem this year. Um, so it's interesting. We'll just play a little tiny bit of this. First, the intro is from Majid. And he says, for the first time in living memory, Bethlehem will not celebrate Christmas this year. In Manger Square, shops are mostly closed. The Church of the Nativity is quiet. Watch, and this is a Sky News broadcast. It's two minutes. We're not going to watch that much, but here we go. The main road into Bethlehem is closed. What is normally a simple 20-minute journey from Jerusalem now takes over an hour as cars queue to get through the one Israeli military checkpoint that is open further south. It's been like this since the war began, and it's just one way that life in the West Bank has become much harder for Palestinians. In Manger Square, the shops selling Christmas decorations and souvenirs are mostly closed. This shop has been owned by three generations of the Tabash family since 1927. They haven't done any business for months, and even during COVID say it was never as bad as it is now. We are almost two months without any business. We open every day because this place is part of our heart, part of our... So it's not a very Merry Christmas. Even COVID wasn't as bad as it is now. But no Christmas decorations on Parliament Hill, thanks. No indication at all that it might be Christmas season at all. Ted says there's not the slightest indication or acknowledgement of Christmas holiday on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Not one single light. Nothing. So yeah, there's Parliament Hill. Merry Christmas. There's nothing. Uh, so that's pretty interesting to note. And in New York Times, in New York Times, in New York Times Square... They're making up for the lack of Christmasiness by doing something I've never seen. I've never seen anything like this. In fact, I think it would be maybe not allowed in the 90s. I don't know who paid for this, but it seems very interesting. Jack Pozo says, this year for the first time, all 27 billboards of Times Square went dark in New York City and then lit up with the story of the birth of Christ, the first Christmas. So no... absolutely zero Christmas decorations in Canada, but Times Square goes full nativity. Here we go. 
and there, there's the end of the video. It says, I am the light of the world, right? John 8, 12. So, oh, it stopped. No, no, it's restarting. Okay. There you go. Um, so, no Christmas in Bethlehem, no Christmas in Canada on Parliament Hill, Christmas in New York Times, <laughs> Times Square, Times Square in New York. Um, weird, right? That's a strange kind of distinction to make. I mean, the Americans are very, very religious, way more religious than people in Bethlehem. So. I guess there's no war in New York. We'll go on with that. Here's Tommy Robinson. He's sharing this. And I just thought this was interesting. Sapphire is sharing. In Birmingham, Islamic scholars advise Muslims to hate Christmas, Easter's, and non-Islamic festivals and holidays celebrated in Britain. So that's interesting. And we're just talking about the Christmas part here. So we're not going to listen to the whole hateful speech because it is a pretty hateful speech. Uh, but we're just going to listen to the part about Christmas. And then we're going to look at all of the disruptions that the... Um, pro-Palestine groups are causing in malls. And they closed malls during the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa. And they're not closing malls in this instance because reasons. Very interesting. Even though there are a whole bunch of police protecting the Eaton Center to make sure that the protesters can't get in and disrupt shoppers. So that's weird. Here's this hateful, uh, I can't remember what this guy's called, uh, Imam. Here we go. They are committing shirk with Allah. Which times of the year do we have to hate? Christmas. Likes of Christmas. <laughs> the likes of Mawlid. He says Easter after this one. The Nabawi. Because it's an innovation in the religion. We have to hate it. Not because it makes us feel good. Not because we say we're better than them. Because it is hated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like uh, okay, Valentine's Day, birthdays and Christmas, he says. Likewise Valentine's Day, likewise birthdays, likewise Christmas, likewise Easter, likewise Diwali, likewise Hanukkah, likewise all of these other different festivals. So we'll hate all of them, but Christmas, right? We've got to hate Christmas. So it's very interesting. It seems like indoctrination. It's like a callback and, you know, like ask the question. So the priest, imam, whatever asks the question, the congregation answers the question, when do we have to hate, right? And I mean, the, the answer to that is stand up and leave because what? We shouldn't really be preaching hatred. That's not good, right? Like, and he's very explicitly preaching hatred. And so hate Christmas, disrupt Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to watch, I mean, a whole bunch of that. Here is Daisy Media and James M is responding to Daisy Media's media piece here. And he says, the heavy police presence was always the best part about taking my kids to see Santa. This is in Ottawa. Daisy Media says, after recent incidents at malls with anti-Israeli protests, Ottawa police are guarding Santa and Zara at the Rideau Center. I don't know who Zara is. <laughs> Ten cops there waiting. Another two on patrol over here. Those are security officers. They seem kind of bored, right? And, I mean, it's a, a huge increase in the police presence that I've seen. This is Australia. Christmas carol service is disrupted by Palestinian activists. People aren't happy with the whole pro-Palestine, anti-Christmas thing. And I don't know that it's necessarily exactly the same as the imam preaching hate is being listened to by the pro-Palestinian 
thing. They're just targeting Christmas things, and that's why I'm showing it to you in the Christmas section. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. He was targeting Christmas. The imam was targeting Christmas. The pro-Palestine pro protesters are targeting Christmas events, Santa Clauses at malls, the Eaton Center, and so on. The Freedom Convoy never did any of that, and, and yet they were vilified much more, much more than these protesters are being vilified by the press. Very interesting. In, fa in fact, the press covers for them, right? They, the press runs cover. It's wild. Calgary Herald is reporting Beesker, sorry, I've got that wrong. I've definitely got that wrong. Church fire was caused by arson. Investigators say the church building was fully engulfed by the time firefighters got to the scene early Wednesday, and that was December 21st, 2023. So churches are being targeted. Christians are being targeted. And um, it's interesting. New Generation PPC says another church torched to the ground and still no justice for hundreds of other similar cases. Attacks on Christianity are a direct attack on Canada. We're, we're fully engulfed in a, a cultural war, and it doesn't seem like we're gaining ground. In fact, if you tell people that we are, they will generally, genuinely kind of get uncomfortable and not want to engage further because I don't think they want to know about it, and I don't think they want to think about it. Here's the other side of the coin. This is from Oliver Anthony. I just follow him on Twitter. And so on one side of things, it looks bleak. Right? It looks bleak. Churches are being torched and nobody cares. And the crimes continue and, and it seems like nobody cares. And the culture is under attack and it seems like nobody cares. But then at the same time, this is a Christmas carol, but this is an entire Walmart singing a Christmas carol. Right? And on the eve of Christmas Day, it seems apropos. Here we go. Now in Canada, if you walked into this, you wouldn't stop enjoying. You'd be like, "Oh man, I was just, I was just here to get some, you know, some um, ce chocolate cereal and maybe a can of um, cranberries." You know, like I'm just, I'm gonna sneak over here. I feel weird. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what would happen in Canada. So that's the difference. That was in Kansas City. That was not in Canada. So Oliver Anthony was sharing that. So that's very interesting. Anti-taxers sharing this. Now this is in the Eaton Center. Karma Syed was, or Karmaya Syed, sorry about that, I always get names wrong, um, says police and security locked doors to the Eaton Center to keep protesters out. My videographer recorded this right before I got trespassed for standing near Zara. So I don't know, Zara's a store, Zara's a store. Um, okay, so here is, that's why they have to protect Zara because before the pro-Palestinian protesters were targeting the, the store, Zara. Now I understand, I thought Zara was some kind of woke female version of Santa. I'm glad it's a store. Okay, here's Karmaya being, tres not trespassed, but the doors being locked at the Eaton Center and there's a heavy police president presence, presence in the Eaton Center just in case they get in. So here we go. This is, having locked doors to get into the Eaton Center is akin to digital ID. You're, you're already there. Like, oh, we're, we're experiencing higher levels of crime lately. And so we've had to implement digital ID lockdowns in this mall. If you don't have a digital ID, I'm afraid you can't come in because we're worried that you might be part of a, a mob that is going to uh, coordinated, you know, um, shoplift or uh, disrupt, you know, how dare you disrupt the shoppers and Santa and blah, blah, blah. The, 
It's it, we're already almost there. We're just a hair's breadth away. All it will take is a couple of people getting injured um, and like a mass shooting. It wouldn't take much. And then all of a sudden doors are locked by default. The only way to enter is by your digital ID that you'll have on your phone. Lucky you. We've already developed the app. It only cost $10 million. <laughs> but it could have been developed for $100,000. But we, being the smart government that we are, hired intermediaries, headhunters, who hired people from, you know, wherever to develop the app. And they took millions of dollars and they gave those people $100,000. That's it. That's how Canada works, apparently. Anyway, so I, I think it's very interesting. Anti-taxer says, remember how much we heard about the Rideau Center in, in Quebec, in Quebec, in Ottawa, shutting down during a February out of fear of the convoy, the Freedom Convoy. Now these Pal Palestinian protesters are trying to invade the Eaton Center on the last shopping weekend before Christmas, and it's crickets from the blovating class, right? So these people who were incredulous, like I'm pretty sure Rachel Gilmore isn't doing a, a breathless piece um, about all of these people in the mall, right? Like that's not something she's, she's saying, why can't they go express themselves, right? The mall's in the wrong here. Um, I think it's very interesting what's going on. The Post Millennial is reporting on this too. A Canadian stands strong against anti-Israel protesters who are attempting to shut down Christmas celebrations in Toronto. So here's a guy waving a Canadian flag. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Officers, you said that you're going to keep us safe. They are coming from our back. And I think that there was a guy who, yeah, I think he, so he had his flag taken down. Now, it wasn't a benign Canadian flag. It had an Israeli uh, Star of David as well on it, painted in the Israeli blue. So I don't know that, uh, like, going to a pro-Palestinian, If I think if, if it was just a Canadian flag, that might be different. Maybe it is a, a, just a Canadian flag. Hold on, let's watch just to make sure. But people are taking the Canadian flag from people. And then I, th I think that he got assaulted and, and got his shoulder dislocated. Oh yeah, it's a plain one. And they come and they take it. So yeah, it was a it, the the first guy I showed here, and I thought they were the same guy, but that was my fault. I was incorrect. This guy's got a different. He's got a flag, Canadian flag, with an Israeli. Um, Star of David on it. Happy on the other side, you can see it Merry there. Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas! The camera moves. Merry I just want to show you. Everyone. Officers. Okay, so you can see the Canadian flag with the Star of David, but the second guy does not have that. Well, unless I'm not seeing the the side of the flag that has that, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like a different guy with a with a benign Canadian flag, and somebody comes and tries to take it from him. So that's interesting, right? That's an interesting thing about these protests they're not for canada they're for palestine right free palestine all of the rest of that do these protests make an impact in palestine do you think do these impact do these protests make an impact in israel and that part of the world are these people saving those people i i can't see it but i mean like maybe i'm wrong right? here's alan fryer and he's sharing this toronto and nary a canadian flag in sight just calls for violence so the Freedom Convoy wasn't this militant. I mean, they honked, but it wasn't all of these people marching down the street, et cetera, calling for violence. And these people are calling for violence. I think the Intifada or whatever it's called here is a call for violence. Um, so 
it's pretty it's pretty out of step with the Canada that I grew up in. I'll tell you that. If the if the Freedom Convoy was using um, mic like microphones, uh, amplified voices, things like that, they get charged. These guys can use amplified voices with absolute with impunity, with no worries at all. That's pretty wild too, right? I think that that's a big a big double standard. Concerned Canadian says this is what Trudeau authorized against Canadian citizens who had the legal right to to dissent and protest. Never forget. So they brought the horses in. The protest is pretty quiet compared to the group cr yelling and screaming at the beat, or just in the clip I just showed you. Here's the horses trampling the citizens. Here we go. Come on through. What is happening here? Wow. What is this lady doing? Trampling. Trampling horses. Trampling. Stop it. Stop it. So there's a very coordinated group of people calling for violence on one side, and then the police trampling people who are peacefully protesting against their government on the other in Canada, right? And so one, one protest is allowed and ignored by the police, and the other is not. That's wild. It's incredible. And the police are allowed to trample you if they decide that you are breaking the law, I guess. In Canada, it seems like that's true now. So that's sad. Here is Gadsad, and he says... Uh, demography is destiny. It's going to get a lot worse. Pro-Palestinian activists deface the iconic Abraham Lincoln statue in Union Square. So it says free Palestine. And they're defacing. You see that? It says free Palestine. And it's got a hammer and a sickle. Free Palestine and communism too, right? And that's pretty incredible. So what? The communists are very, very open. Very, very open indeed. Here's Radio Genoa, and they're talking about Italy. Italy's responding to radicalized Islam, and they say Italy sends a clear message to Europe and closes two mosques in Monfalcone. I can't say that. The mayor of that place says radical Islam is an enormous danger for our cities, for our history, for our culture, and for our freedom. In Malfacone, there are 30,000 inhabitants, of which 9,000 are Muslim immigrants. Only 1,700 work. The others are supported by our taxes. Of these 1,700 who work, only seven are women. We want mass expulsion. Uh, well, I mean, the idea that there, more of their women should work. I mean, why do you have to push your culture on them? But at the same time, you know, cultural disagreements are at the root of, of problems and you should solve those problems, right? So I don't know. The idea of pushing different cultures into Europe to destabilize Europe has worked a treat, eh? Really, really well. And it's to the point where you're seen as monstrous if you support people having their own culture with regards to, with regards to um, women working, etc. Like if, if I could afford it, Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like I, I would say to my wife, you don't have to work if you don't want to work. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't have that luxury. But if they did have that luxury, I think they would take it. And I think that, that would be better for families, because if you're at home, I have to tell you, you're still working. Like there's still lots to do. Right. Raising a family is work. So like it, it's one of those things where if if that's a cultural just decision to be made, I think it's weird that Italy's like, did you know? <laughs>
they're not they're not as feminist as we are it's like well new age feminism isn't really good for women sorry it's just not it's not it's not and i've said before that there are situations where um you don't want to have a person a who's wholly reliant on another person b and then the other person becomes abusive or is abusive and that's complicated. You don't want that person to be trapped with no way out. And that was the reason for get, or that was one of the excuses for why it's really good to have women in the workforce. I think there have to be other, there have to be other answers. There have to be other answers to that. And, and a lot of it is family and familial ties and, and like having structuring it so that families are supportive. And if you need to, you know, um, back out of a bad situation then you have the option but i know that that's not realistic every time that's not realistic in, in a lot of situations 50 percent more maybe so there is i'm not proposing that i have a better solution than um kind of what we're doing now etc but as i said i think it's better for families to have a parent at home and and it's not it's not the absence of work it's focusing on homemaking and that's a lot of work so i don't know anyway moving on a little bit let's talk about communists and wokeness says Poland in the past two weeks. So Poland used to be uh, really pro-family. Uh, if you had seven children, they'd give you a minivan and and exempt the woman from um, income taxes for the rest of her life. Some of the most effective teachers were women who were, were and I'm talking about my own experience, were women who had already raised their children and their children were grown people and they were in classrooms because they knew, because they really understood children because they raised a bunch of them. Right. And had nieces and nephews and things like that. And then you got teachers who were book taught in and, and right out of college and who haven't had their children yet and who don't really understand what children are about yet because they haven't had their own children. And those those people are uh, less effective, maybe not not necessarily bad teachers, because I think a lot of people I mean, you can learn how to work with kids. If you don't have your own kids, absolutely, for sure. And you can be very effective at it. Um, very good teacher, very good, you know, somebody intervene or whatever. Um, but if you've, if you've raised somebody successfully, you've got a lot more experience and you're, you're easier to acclimatize to the situation because, I mean, that's what parenting's all about, right? Um, whereas it takes a lot of training on the other side. And the biological clock is ticking. And I think that, I think that having young women work with other people's children scratches an itch that doesn't get scratched unless they have their own children. Like if they're not working in education or in um, early childhood education or something like that, and a lot of women do, I know because I used to work in early childhood education and, and education in schools, et cetera. I think the people would be happy when I would walk into a school because I was a male in, in, a, in a role that was a helping role. Um, but there was me and one other male in the whole school. And the other male is usually the principal. Right. And so like, that's interesting. Right. So the principal's not in classrooms. I'm in classrooms. So there's a difference. Um, so it's, it was very interesting to, to see all of that. And it's, it's not necessarily bad to have a staff that's, that's 70 to 90% women, but having it unbalanced like that makes it unbalanced. And it's kind of, I don't know, having mentors and all of the rest of it makes it difficult, right? Uh, sporty, sporty people running sports, running intramurals, all of that other stuff. I mean, it, it all gets done, but again, there's, it, it's, it's different, right? And if you had a better balance, it might be better. And back to what I was talking about, um, having people what, doing what's best for the family is, is probably what's best, but we don't do that. We, we prioritize individuality and, and we prioritize, being selfish to a point where 
you're more important than everybody else. You know what I mean? And that's and that's a weird society to be in because I don't, does it lead to the best outcomes? I don't know that it does. Especially, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you have, uh, I hope Santa visits you or if Santa doesn't visit you, I hope you get lots of presents anyway. Um, I hope you eat too much and you have a laugh and, um, you know, hug your, hug your family close and be grateful for, for the times that you get to make because, um, well, it's fleeting, right? It's always fleeting. So, this year will be different than last year and next year will be different than this year. So, so um, cherish what you've got and um, raise a toast for, you know, mournful things and things like that, things that you've lost. And it all comes from within you. It all comes from within us. So we have to create the season. We have to create the magic. So create the magic. And I always walk around and I, I take pictures and it's funny and, and like they come up just you know randomly through through the year and it's funny to see who's who doesn't want their picture taken who's who's really engaged with it like um making faces and things like that um things like that and i'm 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 just trying to preserve memories i give a yearbook every year so spoiler alert if anybody in my family's watching us they're not um <laughs> and i give yearbooks every year just all the pictures i've taken and just kind of a, an overview of all of that and it is it's always appreciated people look through it and those are that's part of making the magic for me that's part of um cherishing the memories is going through the year and and pulling out those those pictures that make me laugh or those pictures that make me uh chuckle and and giving them to my family and saying like look this is what we did last year like this is this is the cherish these are some of the cherished moments that happened this year and uh i don't know i don't know just something i've been doing for the last couple years and it's kind of fun so anyway that's enough out of me i hope you have a very merry christmas thanks for watching thanks for the support and have a wonderful wonderful day